Hey everybody, this is Liliana Milleva and I'm excited to bring you Menopause Made Easy, a podcast designed to provide you tips and strategy to navigate the changes in women's body, mind and spirit with more grace and ease. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you are updated of each episode release. All right, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Menopause Made Easy, where you find the tips suggestions how to navigate menopause with ease and grace. And today I have a wonderful guest, LJ Johnson. She's a doctor and she specializes with fibromyalgia and uh, fibroid. What else? I know so many different things. So I am the holistic hormone expert, LJ Johnson, Dr. Johnson, and I specialize in endometriosis, PCOS, and fibroids. So all your women's health issues, especially when it comes to reproductive health, womb health. I know not so fun, not so sexy stuff sometimes, but that is my area of expertise. My goal is always just to get you in the driver's seat of your health, right? To not be overwhelmed with symptoms, to not be just running around with the symptoms. The symptoms usually kick our butts sometimes. So that's the part where I kind of come in and give you the tools that you need so that you can be managing endo, PCOS, and fibroids, you know, menopause, premenopause, perimenopause, all the fun stuff. Hey, how you come to this idea? What inspired you to work exactly with these problems? That's such a good question. I get this question all the time. It gives me goosebumps. So here's the thing. We all grow up and we have this idea of what we're going to do. I remember I was like, I'm going to deliver babies, right? And then I started getting more information and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be delivering babies. That's not what I want to do every day. So I started off in the fitness and wellness industry, health and wellness, traveling the world, doing things with fitness programming, all of this stuff. And essentially what happened and shifted my business and my practice is what I was traveling and sharing to the world stopped working for me. I started to have hormone issues. I started to gain weight. I started to have all these these period problems. And so for me, it stopped me in my tracks and made me really pivot, not just my personal life, but my professional life. When I got the diagnosis of endometriosis, it took me 16 years to get the diagnosis, number one. Number two, it was that, you know, breath of fresh air where you're like, I got it, right? I got the diagnosis, but then there was that throat punch Thursday, as I called it, right after where I was informed that there was no cure. And for me, that was a big deal because it was affecting my quality of life. There were days I couldn't, you know, take care of my children, go to work, you know, maintain my business. My practice was falling apart. Like everything was just not where it needed to be. So that is when I really took some time away from my business to really reshift, learn, pivot, heal myself naturally. And then when I came back, it was just really my passion project. I realized that there were many women, especially women of color, suffering in silence, you know, dealing with period pain, dealing with all of these, you know, things that we think are crazy that our body is going through that we think we're crazy, all of this stuff. And so for me, it became my passion to really educate and power and motivate and really raise awareness about endometriosis, what it is, what it isn't, and how you can really live your best life despite the diagnosis. And what is this actually that, how that can appear to people to know that actually they have this problem? Yes. So what is endometriosis? First off, it's a long word. I know it's like supercalo what? <laughs> It's like supercalifragilistic. Remember that long song? Yes, it's a very long word. But when it comes to endometriosis, short, we just say endo. So endometriosis, endo for short, is a uterine-like tissue found outside of the uterus. It is not a reproductive disorder. It is not a rogue period. It does affect your cycle. It is hormonally driven, and it does have autoimmune-like factors. However, it is chronic systemic inflammation throughout your entire body. Many people 
people think it's just a period problem because you may have a really heavy period, you know, bleeding, clots, passing out, all of these things happening around your cycle. But endometriosis is really that inflammation throughout your entire body, and it affects every system of your body. And what is the step, actually, that you suggest to take your clients or people in general, they have this problem? Right. So the biggest challenge with endometriosis, to be honest, is the diagnosis portion. It's almost like a diagnosis of exclusion. After they've tried everything else, then they're like, you know what, LJ, maybe it's endo. You know, we've tried, you know, it's not arthritis, it's not MS, it's not fibromyalgia. So it's really a diagnosis of exclusion just because of how it affects every system in your body. As far as the golden standard to be diagnosed with endometriosis, laparoscopic procedure is what I truly feel is the best way to be diagnosed with it. And then the golden standard to have it removed is excision surgery. So that is being, you know, having the actual lesions removed from your body. Now, the issue is with endometriosis, I think we should circle to some of the symptoms because the symptoms are very different for everyone. My symptoms that I dealt with, I could name and you could line 10 of us up and we could all have different symptoms. So when we're talking about endometriosis, remember it's that chronic systemic inflammation throughout the entire body and it's uterine-like tissue. It's not endometrial lining. It's not endometrial tissue. So that tissue can be inflamed and can be in any part of your body. It can cause joint pain, neck pain, nerve pain. You can have those endometriosis lesions. Remember, they're outside of the uterus, so they can be tying to the bowel. They can be tying to the pelvis. They can be tying to the bladder. All of those things, they can be fusing those organs. You can even have endometriosis of the nerves, right? So when we're talking about the nerves, there's nerve endings throughout your entire body. So endometriosis looks so different. I mean, just basic things. It could be bloating, acne. And once again, it's taking like those basic PMS symptoms and we put those like a zero to 10. Endometriosis symptoms are gonna be like a hundred. It's gonna be an extreme of everything. The hormonal acne, the bloating, the brain fog, the extreme food intolerances, food allergies, food sensitivities, gut issues. All of that is under the umbrella of endometriosis. So it's very complex. And the most challenge is the correct diagnosis. Absolutely. Many people like myself, it takes, I would say, probably eight to 10 years to get the diagnosis of endometriosis. So that's one of the biggest things, especially a lot longer for women of color, just because of the disparities that are in the brown and black community as far as medical community. But the other thing is, is once you get the diagnosis, it's finding a multidisciplinary, you know, team that can support you because you may have some bowel issues. You may have, you know, not just gut issues, baby, you've got some dental issues. Maybe you've got, you know, hearing issues, ear and throat. Like it's something that really does take a lot of different specialties. When I come into play is I really like to look at it as a full body system. I just did an Instagram post today talking about how endometriosis is not just a period problem because when you hear the word endometriosis, people are like, oh yeah, she just has really bad periods and she's going to miss a couple days of work. It's more than that. Endometriosis can be pain, cramping, and bleeding outside of your cycle. It can be a lot of breakthrough bleeding. There can be anemia and all of those other things. So for me, I like I said, getting you in that driver's seat of your health, that looks like identifying your food triggers. Nutrition is huge with endometriosis because it's an inflammatory disease. And so once I say that, many people are like, oh, don't worry. You know, I eat clean. I'm paleo. I'm this, that, and the other. But it's really more than that. What you have to think about with endometriosis is there is an underlying fire. So let's just like think of the analogy of a bonfire, right? You either have a small bonfire, you either have a large bonfire, or you have a fire that has gotten out of control 
control and you're calling the fire department. We're going to say endometriosis is that fire where you need to call the fire department. It is out of control. You're not able to, you know, get your <laughs> get your little smoke detector, you know, your extinguishers. You need extra support. That is endometriosis. Everything we do when it comes to stress, toxins, you know, your hormones, your lack of sleep, the amount of sleep that you're getting, you know, toxic environments, people, chemicals, et cetera. All of those things are either going to damper the fire or increase the fire. So when it comes to your nutrition, everything you put in your body is either going to inflame you or decrease the inflammation, right? It's going to plus or minus. So when you're looking at managing endometriosis, the biggest thing is to find a way to decrease the inflammation because that's really going to reflect on your pain. Many times when you're in pain, right, we want to grab a pain pill. We want to grab an ibuprofen, a Tylenol, whatever. But the thing is with endometriosis, it's touching every part of your body and that inflammation is always there. So it's just like I said, it's always that little fire that sometimes gets out of control. So being able to bring in anti-inflammatory foods and different things to calm the inflammation can play a very, very big role on the painful flares. I mean, endo flares are so different than, you know, oh, my period's starting. I feel a little uncomfortable for two days. An endo flare can last anywhere from two to three to, you know, four weeks doubled over in pain, you know, every nerve in your body on fire, not being able to hold down water, you know, not being able to eat properly, your bowels aren't moving, you're having hot flashes. All of those things can be current during an endometriosis flare. So anything that you can do, like I said in that analogy, to calm down the fire, that would be the biggest thing that I start with my patients. And what you suggest that they increase as a food or avoid as a food? Right. So everyone is different. And that's the tough part. So I will start by saying, if you guys listen to my podcast, The Holistic Endo Expert, The Holistic with the W, I have an episode just about that, how the endo diet is crap. And why I say that is number one, there is no endo diet. There is no cookie cutter protocol. So if anyone tells you, you know, these 10 foods turn everyone's endo pain off, that's not true. And I honestly, I kind of used to be in that camp where this is what works, but everyone's body is so different. Now, what I have found overall in the endo community that things like wheat, gluten, and dairy are just inflammatory to our bodies. Now, some people on the healing journey, I'll be honest, I've healed my gut. My gut is more healed up. I don't have leaky gut. I can bring in a little dairy here and there, but it's definitely not something I bring on a consistent basis. But I will be very honest. I am 43, and just now can I bring in the dairy in the last year. I've made some huge changes in my gut health. I've done some GI mapping. I've had to do some elimination diets. I didn't just, you know, stop eating butter for two weeks and then bring it back in and everything was okay. Like it was a whole process of healing my gut. So the more your gut is healed, the more you can bring in the variety. But while you're typically healing your gut, you know, avoiding anything that's going to be inflammatory. So that's like wheat, gluten, soy, but even thinking of some vegetables. So sometimes the nightshades, some vegetables, I know it's hard to believe that you're eating clean and your veggies are working against you, but here's the deal. Some vegetables like white potatoes, eggplant, bell peppers, as much as they add all the fun color to your salad, those can be inflammatory to your body. And so what you really have to do is work with someone, a dietitian, a nutritionist, someone like myself to piece all the things together. Because once again, we don't want to just 
silo and be like, oh, if I fix my nutrition, it's going to cure my endo, put it into remission. My endo is in remission right now. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just making nutrition changes. I had to make changes in my movement and my fitness. I had to also, you know, look at my hormones. No, it is not just a hormonal and, you know, disorder. However, the hormones play a huge part in gut health, nerve health, you know, integrative health as far as your immune system. So it's being able to find those foods that really combine that. And it's just, once again, always what you can do to damper that fire. So looking at those foods that you can remove. Now, bringing in more leafy greens, different things like that can be helpful. But once again, everyone's healing journey is different. I was working with a patient earlier today, and she was talking about, you know, when she's eating animal protein, she feels great. And then when she's, you know, doing a bunch of vegetables, she's like more gassy and bloated and all of that. And so that lets me know that there's something going on with her gut, that it's not able to break down, you know, what you would consider, you know, eating clean by bringing in all the greens. So it really is more specialized to each patient. Let's talk a little bit about the fibrio because many women have this problem. Is that also related with the food? It can be healed with the food or there's something else? Yes, yes, fibroids. So fibroids, when I think of fibroids, I really truly think of hormones and toxins wrapping themselves around each other. This is the thing. I know that you don't think of a fibroid as a blessing. By no means am I saying it's a good thing, but it's your body trying to protect you. Here's the biggest thing when you have fibroids. People will come to me, and I'm sure you've heard it too. What can I do to dissolve the fibroid? The fibroid is the size of a grapefruit. I want to shrink it down. I want to get it out, but I want you to look at it from a different lens. Is it truly possible to shrink a fibroid, get rid of the toxins if your pathways are blocked? For me, I look as a fibroid as your body saying, hey, hold up, the trash. I can no longer take the trash out. I can no longer move the waste. I can no longer move the extra estrogen, the hormones. Everything is getting backed up in your body. So before we try to dissolve a fibroid and heal yourself naturally, the biggest thing for that is really working on the stress and the toxic load on your body, supporting your liver, supporting your gut health. Typically, when you've got those fibroids, no matter what size, you know, it can start messing with your GI tract. So real talk, if you're trying to dissolve your fibroid and you're listening to to this right now, but you don't poop two to three times a day, I'm telling you right now, do not start a protocol where you're going to start detoxing your body and flushing all these toxins if your lymphatic system is not working. And then so that's why I'm going to just plug myself here, right? That's why you need to be working with someone because just trying to put a bunch of trash into your body when your body is not, you know, you're just going to recirculate it. If your pathways are not open, if you're not drinking enough water, if you're not pooping and peeing all the time, doing those things, then going on a detox protocol call for fibroids is not recommended. Now, can you make some lifestyle changes? I've seen some huge wins with my patients by removing red meat. Now, some don't remove just red meat. They keep the protein, but what they do is they get away from all of the, you know, cheaper meats that are going to have all the antibiotics and, you know, all these other things, steroids that are in there. They're actually feeding the fibroids. So it's finding the foods that are going to heal your body, but also not bring in that toxic load. Another big thing with fibroids, and it's nothing... You you know, people don't really think about it. Your cleaning products, your beauty products. Ladies, when we get up in the morning, you know, we want to put the eye cream, the mascara, the eyelashes, the hairspray, all this stuff. All of those chemicals, your skin is your biggest organ. So your skin is taking all of that stuff in. So if you have fibroids and then you're bringing in all those toxins every single day, 
that's blocking your pathways. And that can be xenoestrogens from anything from your favorite candles to your cleaning products to the night eye cream that you put on at night. So if you're dealing with fibroids, the biggest thing, you know, is definitely working with your nutrition. But the one thing you need to have at the forefront of your mind is the fibroid is your body telling you that it is congested, it is backed up, and it cannot remove the waste. So before we start doing a big detox protocol and a cleanse, what can we do to open up those pathways? You know, that could be something like dry brushing. And once again, this isn't exclusive, but it's going to be a combination of things. It could be infrared sauna, dry brushing, something as simple as tongue scraping. Maybe you're wearing a castor oil pack at night to kind of break up some of that congestion. Castor oil is huge when it comes to a big thing in my toolbox when it comes to breaking up lumps and bumps. So castor oil, you can also do a combination of castor oil and iodine if you have fibrocystic breast, if you have fibroids. So these are some of the things that I work with my patients because there's a lot of things you can do to heal yourself naturally. Now, there is technically no cure for endometriosis. However, there are lots of tools that you can put in your toolbox. I am perfect example. I've got lots of patients as well where we live a pain-free life. Yes, that is our diagnosis. Yes, there are things that we have to do every day to stay ahead of the game, but it doesn't dictate our world like it used to. What about some exercise? Is that going to help? So fitness can be huge. Fitness movement is huge. Once again, doing the right types of exercises. I'm going to be very honest. When we're dealing with endometriosis, there's usually going to be that hormonal component, that extra belly fat. Fibroids, there's going to be that distension depending on the size of the fibroid and where it's at. And then I'm going to lump in my PCOSers. If you have PCOS, that insulin resistance, that extra body weight, that body fat. So this is what happens. We come from this mindset of chasing the symptoms. Like you said, exercise. But let's be honest. When most people think exercise, what is the first thing they think? weight loss. I'm trying to lose weight. They're not saying, what can I do to move my body to detox my body? What can I do to support my lymphatic system? What can I do to support my circulation? It's what class can I take today so I can get X amount of steps on my Apple watch so I can be in this challenge so I can lose weight, etc. So it's changing that mindset of fitness is movement to heal your body. Now, the fitness to lose weight and look aesthetically pleasing and the fitness it takes to balance your hormones and decrease your cortisol and things like that are different. It may not be a bunch of crazy cardio. I know for me, I'm a cardio queen. I love cycle. But here's the thing, real talk, even at 43, the amount of cardio and cycle I used to be able to do and my body's tolerance for it is no longer there. And probably some of the over-exercising, I'm just going to call myself out. Your girl may have been over-exercising, you know, as a fitness instructor running cycle gyms and, you know, teaching five, six classes a day probably did help my healing journey. So learn from my mistakes that fitness can be very important, but you need to do the fitness that works for your situation. For example, if you have endometriosis and you're super, you know, inflamed and you're like, well, I, I need to lose 15 pounds. I've got to run, you know, a mile a day. I've got to run a mile a day. I'm telling you right now, if your body is overweight and you're inflamed and you start running, that can kind of tick your body off and work against you. Your body is going to look at that run as a stressor versus a walk, which is going to bring your cortisol down and kind of calm your nerves and calm your body. But once again, if you come from that mindset of I've got to lose weight, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, once again, chasing the symptoms, then you're going to be running versus then walking. Also with PCOS, if you have insulin resistance, if you have inflammatory PCOS, all of that HIIT exercises and P90X and CrossFit and all that stuff is very fun. But for you, when you're insulin resistant, that cardio is not going to be keen for you. It's not going to be 
eat clean for you. You want to be doing that strength training, that body weight exercises, Pilates. Now, when I say cut back on the cardio, that doesn't mean that you're going to be in a slow yoga class doing cheer fitness and not sweating. It just means you're going to approach it a little bit differently. Exactly. I also suggest a combination of cardio and stretches is optional for uh, building a little bit the muscles, but you need to build a little bit the muscles is strength, but also you need a stretch and a relaxation. Yes. I like that interval training. That's kind of what I did. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't work out today, but if I was working out today and what I did yesterday, I did about three minutes of, you know, cardio. I warmed my body up. I did about 90 seconds of cardio, two or three minutes of strength training, 90 seconds of cardio. Now, once again, I'm a personal trainer. So my, you know, what my workout looks is different. But even for you, if you're like, I just want to start, you know, maybe I do need to lose weight. Maybe I don't know where to start and I just want to get my body moving. This is what I would say. Do five minutes of just warming up, walking, stretching, whatever. Do a little bit of cardio just to get that little blood to pump in. It could even be 45 seconds of jump rope, 45 seconds of marching in place, and then string training. It doesn't have to be the heaviest weights in the gym. It could be body weight exercises. It could be wall sits, leaning up against the wall. I'm telling you right now, if you go lean on a wall and act like a chair for 45 seconds, honey, you don't need any weights. You're going to feel the burn. That is what we call string training, right? You come right off that wall. 45 seconds more to get your heart rate up, go back to the low intensity for two to three minutes. I think it's just once again, the fitness part is very tricky because we always want to out fitness the symptoms, right? We want to out eat the symptoms. We want to do all of these things. And so that's really why I like to bring in functional training and just functional medicine to really make us more aware of what we're doing. And then also sometimes testing rather than guessing. I love supplements. I love nutraceuticals, but just throwing a, you know, a supplement at every symptom, that's really not going to get you anywhere. And many of you, if you look in your medicine cabinet right now, you probably got 25 bottles of vitamins up there. You don't know why you purchased them. You know, Dr. Oz said them, you heard it on Oprah, you seen it on TikTok, you purchased it. You're throwing all these supplements in there. And, and, you know, we've all been there. But the thing is, is if you really want to get a specialized blueprint, you have to find out exactly what's going on at the metabolic level versus just chasing all those symptoms. If you want to resume, how do you work with this experiencing hormone imbalances? You already touched point of uh, some aspect of your work. But if you want to resume, to be more clear, how you work with women with hormone imbalances? Yes. So what I like to do is a full intake. I need to know the full story, the good, bad, and the ugly, the TMI, all the stuff you don't want to tell someone, that's all the stuff I need to hear because I need to know what's going on. After that full intake, we look at what functional test is going to get you the most bang for your buck, especially when it comes to hormonal imbalances. Sometimes the Dutch test is going to be the best where we're kind of really looking at those hormones and the metabolites. But I have to be honest, when you're dealing with things like fibroids, sometimes and endometriosis, going for the Dutch test and looking at your gut, you know, your hormones, we already know the hormones are out of whack, honey. We get that. But here's the thing, that gut is the foundation. We may need to do some gut testing, some GI mapping, to see what's really going on in your gut. Because once we get that strong foundation, then we can build from there. Then I like to create that blueprint. Once we get the testing back, like I said, I'd rather test than guess. Let's be honest, you've been guessing on your own. I want to get you straight to the money, get you some results. I'm very results driven. That can be good and bad, right? But I'm here to serve you and get you where you need to be. So once we finish the testing that we choose that works for you, we create a plan. And then you usually will coach for me anywhere from three to six to nine months, sometimes a year, you know, just 
depends on what you need as to how we can pivot that plan. Because let's be honest, whatever was going on with your health and your hormones didn't start overnight. It's not going to end overnight. So especially with women's health, and this is actually a really good point. If you're listening to this podcast today and you're like, okay, I want to make a change. When do I start? Here's the thing. You start today because especially when it comes to women's health and hormonal health, 90 days. So let's say you're listening to this in January. You've got to get started January, February, March. If you start putting in the work for January, February, and March, you'll see those results in April. Here's the thing that we typically do. Oh, I don't care until the summer. I'll get started in the summer. It doesn't work that way. You have to start now and give your body about 90 days to pivot. You have to give it 90 days to shift. Now you will start to see results sooner, but I really like to work with people just so they can get that blueprint and then give you those steps to pivot because sometimes maybe you're doing something, you're taking a supplement, you feel really good, but then we need to support your detox pathway or possibly, you know, you're like, hey, I'm dropping too much weight. I need to bring something in and we have to look at that metabolic component. So I really like to bring everything in, but not just the nutrition, not just the fitness, but let's be honest, if you're dealing with a chronic illness, especially an invisible illness, there's a lot of mindset work that comes into that. So we have to really look at the mindset. You know, it's one of those things. And I was talking to someone yesterday. It was so funny. And it's like, I can want you to be better all day long. But if you don't actually believe that the process will work, you don't believe that you can feel better. You don't believe that you truly deserve health, then it's not going to work. Right. And I'm a very powerful energy person. I can bring all the energy in the world. But if you don't believe, so that's one of the biggest things. I work with people that truly believe they can heal themselves naturally. They just need my guidance to get them to where they're going. Yes. I also believe that everything starts with the mindset that you need to believe that it's going to heal. If not, you'll be more difficult, if not impossible, to get healed and get better. So do you have a group program or you work one-on-one mostly? So right now I have an extremely long list for my group coaching. So I'm not really promoting the group coaching. We've got a long waiting list. I do a lot of one-on-one. So I've got some openings in my one-on-one right now. You guys can definitely click the link. You can find me for more free content over on Instagram. It's under LJS underscore powerhouse. I may just bring a little bit of energy over there, just a tiny bit of powerhouse, but lots of free content over there. And it's good for you or anyone else that may be experiencing, you know, endo, PCOS, fibroids. Maybe you're like, I don't know what's going on with my body, but something is resonating. Lots of free content over there. And then we also have the link to my store where you can, you know, look at all my digital products. And then there's also a work with me if you want to click the link, because I'd love to also just, you know, as far as the one-on-one coaching, once again, I do this to put you in the driver's seat. It's not about money. It's not about chasing clout. So I really am very particular on who I work with. So you can definitely do the free discovery call and we can kind of talk and see what we can do to kind of point you in the right direction or if we're a good match. So what's the one thing they can do today to start balancing hormone naturally? The one thing, what would be my favorite one thing? All right, it's not going to be the fun, sexy, the pooping two, three times a day. I'm going to have to start there. You got to have the poogasm. It just is what it is. You got to be drinking enough water. You got to be bringing in the fiber. You got to do whatever you can to make sure those bowels are moving because if those bowels are not moving two to three times a day, you're essentially recirculating those hormones and just making your situation even worse. So I would say drink that water, get those bowels moving, do whatever you need to do. 
Great. Thank you so much for your time today to share what wisdom, experience, expertise with my audience. And I'm so glad that you take your time to participate in today's show. Thank you so much to listeners who listen every week. We release a new episode every Friday. So tune in, share, download information, definitely reach out to LJ for more information how to heal if you have this endometriosis or fibroid. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into Menopause Made Easy. You can check out more episodes on Apple, Spotify, eHeartRadio, and your favorite podcast apps. Check out the show notes for any website linked to this episode, including where to connect with me on social media. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated of each episode release. And visit me at menopausesupportacademy.com for all podcast updates as well. Appreciate you dropping by.